Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Friday here on the North Shore Drive podcast with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Art Rudy II spoke with our own Jerry Dulac. We're going to get Brian Badko's thoughts on what was said from Art Rudy II about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their decisions on not just Matt Canada, but what's going on with Kenny Pickett, where he sees the organization and some insight onto the, into the front office and how he thinks they did this year. All that and some conference championship predictions. And then eventually we will talk to Matt Fensel about the Pittsburgh Penguins game against the Washington Capitals. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports, from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter, he's Brian Batko, and we are both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We, we cover all things sports. Brian, of course, Steelers beat writer, I'm a pit beat writer, but I host this show here that you can find on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, but especially on YouTube. Like this video if you saw it on YouTube. Subscribe to this channel to get all of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's video content. You can check it. You can check us out here. We have daily content that comes out this show, though, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the North Shore Drive podcast. Brian, how you doing, sir? Coming live to us from your own basement. Live from the basement, the off-season dungeon. <laughs> um, doing well, Chris. Uh, it was, um, you know, some great games last weekend. I don't think I got a chance to pick them with you, but Obviously, I was going to go with uh, the Bengals, Chiefs, Eagles, and 49ers. Exactly in that order. I got you. No, that's total, that, that totally makes sense. I went with I, – I, I, I went two and I – I went two and two because I picked the Giants. I was trying to be smarter than everyone and pull off a crazy upset. And then I went with the Bills just because I wasn't so sure about the Bengals. We'll get into that game, those games in a bit. But I want to get your thoughts on the comments that we got from – Art Rooney II, our own Jerry Dulac, wrote about that in, you know, saying Steelers' Art Rooney II is uh, encouraged by the strong close of the season and the young core's progression. We heard from Rooney, Art Rooney saying, hey, like, this this team, like, you know, when people asked about Matt Canada and that situation, he the progress bought into that. And it's like it doesn't – and he even said it doesn't excuse the bad start to the season, but acknowledging that – they had they had two new quarterbacks. One of them, which took over just four weeks in, you know, there were obvious setbacks there that that came with that. But it does seem like right now the Steelers are kind of heading forward as far as like a hey, we're going to keep the continuity going, we're going to keep the stability going, and we're going to see how this group of young offensive playmakers does when we don't just reshuffle the deck uh, one year after getting their new starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the thing about these end-of-season wrap-ups from Art Rooney II, you know, this is the the fourth season now for me on the beat, I believe. Yeah, yeah, fourth season. Time flies. Uh, he's never going to say anything too scintillating. He's not a Jim Ursay, Jerry Jones type of owner. In fact, I bet if you listen to clips of, of the media 
uh, availabilities for pretty much all 32 owners in the league. Art Rooney's would be near the bottom in terms of, uh, you know, incendiary comments and quotables. He's <laughs> he's about as even keeled as they come, right? I mean, he is uh, he is not very emotional. He doesn't get uh, he doesn't get into saying anything that puts his foot in his mouth when he does this once a, once or twice a year. I think there's usually one during the summer uh, training camp time as well, and then of course always the State of the Union. Uh, once the season's over. So if you expected him to really say something that was going to generate a lot of buzz and a lot of headlines, I don't know what to tell you, but I also think when it comes to the Matt Canada thing, the overall assessment of the team and, and where the franchise is, Mike Tomlin evaluation, of course, is baked into that. Uh, I don't know that his comments Thursday did a whole lot to placate the Steelers accept mediocrity crowd. I think, uh, you know, we all could have pretty much predicted his reasoning here and his, you know, the main kind of thesis statement from him was, was essentially what we all speculated on as to why they were keeping the status quo with Matt Canada. And it appears, you know, the coaching staff at large is that encouraged by the improvement um, you know, continuity of, of course, with Kenny Pickett. And, you know, he, he did keep kind of going back to, we thought we got better as the season went along. And when he was talking about Mike Tomlin's performance, job performance specifically, he said he always kind of judges it by, did your team improve? Were you a better team at the end of it than you were at the beginning? That, you know, to me, that clashes a little bit with what he said a couple of years ago where the Steelers finished one and four, but Art Rooney kind of hung his hat on, we won the AFC North, and I feel good about winning the division, and I wish we would have finished better, but overall, I like where we're at. I think a lot of people aren't going to be real satisfied with the overall tone and tenor of the message Thursday. No, I get that, but the question is that I have for you, Brian are they justified in that lack of satisfaction? Is this a situation where no, Art Rudy should be ringing bells and and and, and saying, you know what? I, gosh darn it! And he like he bangs the table at the meeting, and I'm going to represent the Steelers. Should should they the Steelers be switching up a lot of things and changing their ways right now? I, I don't think this was a year that kind of calls for that. It is another overall disappointing season in what's been arguably a six year run of them. Because yeah, even that. 2020 season when you win the AFC North you go out there and you get trounced by the Browns in the first round of uh, of the, the playoffs so uh, there hasn't been a real strong campaign to feel good about in recent memory for the Steelers but this one in particular with some of the good vibes from Kenny Pickett George Pickens Najee Harris the defenses play over the second half of the season I don't think it needed, you know, I don't think you really needed heads to roll necessarily. Like, that's where I come down on the whole Matt Canada debate and discussion. Like, if it were me sitting in, in Rooney's seat, I would have probably strongly recommended to Mike Tomlin that it's time to make a change and see where we can improve uh, with that duty, you know, that role specifically of offensive coordinator and play caller. But I also don't think that it was a no-brainer like a lot of people people uh, were kind of pushing since the end of the season. So 
No, I, I would say, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm never one to tell a fan how to feel or what they should expect or what they should want out of their organization. I think if you actually believe that any season in which you don't win the Super Bowl or make it there is a failure, you're going to be miserable more often than not. But I don't necessarily believe that this was a year where Art Rooney should have stood there and, like you said, you know, lit some people up with his comments and challenged people within the franchise to be better. I think if things would have gone the way that they looked like they were going when they were two and six, yeah, maybe it should have been his most fiery postseason wrap-up uh, probably since he, you know, became the team president. But uh, as we know, they, they avoided their first losing season since 2003. And now here we are back at square one of where, how will they improve going into 2023? It's, I think it will be the continued question that we see, but to hear it from the owner, I think it brings some stability. I have some, I have a perspective I want to bring on this, on this conversation. We'll do that in just a minute after the break, because I think there's some historical context to some decisions that Dan Rooney made way back in the day. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But before you go anywhere, we got to talk to you guys about Valley Pool and Spa, because Valley Pool and Spa, of course, the snow is coming back in Pittsburgh. It's not heavy, but it's starting to come back light. And if you want to be comfortable inside and have and have a hot a hot a hot tub or a swim spa, Valley Pool and Spa is the best way to go. Because you go to Valley Pool and Spa, they're going to help you find the best thing that fits into your home. They even offer Finlayo saunas that are going to really help you deal with any stress, relax in your home, and feel like you're not dealing with the winter cold. You're chilling in your house with one of these amazing saunas. So go to Valley Pool Spa right now. They have all the in-stock hot tubs, swim spas, and hot tubs you could buy. Visit valleypoolandspa.com today. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter with Brian Batko, our Steelers beat writer, who's taking time to talk to us. Brian, what you sipping on there? Is that water? Yeah, yeah. It's just in one of these nice, uh, seen these like recyclable cups that they have. Oh, my wife's cool. big on, on the environment, so. No, yeah, I get you. I got my, my 412 water bottle here that I've been sipping on. Red Solo cups. They're a thing of the past in the Batko household. And it, you know. Oh, well, look at you all. Saving yeah. the world one one metal cup at a time. Hey, it's a New Year's resolution around here. Be a little bit more green in 2023. <laughs> Let's get back to the Steelers talk. So I, I get people saying that, but when I was a kid, I remember a similar thing being said around these parts about a similar decision. And it was at the end of 2000 when, the, uh, when Dan Rooney came out and announced that Bill Cowher was going to still be the coach. They extended him. And there was a general what from a lot of people about that decision because the Steelers had had in that in the three years leading up to that, the Steelers had had back to back losing seasons and finished nine and seven that year, missing the playoffs. And what Dan Rooney's approach was, was, you know what? We finished strong that year. There was there. there there's a core building. I trust this guy. He's he, he, he didn't lose the locker room. There's something growing there. And it didn't result in immediate success, even though they went 13 and three the next year and then, you know, made the playoff the next two seasons and looked really good. But that was the building of that core 
that led to drafting Ben Roethlisberger in 2004 and then having the crew that won Super Bowl 40, which got them the, this this franchise its fifth Super Bowl ring. And I'm not saying that uh, that Mike that this this team is definitely going to be a Super Bowl champion anytime soon, but I you know I know people will sometimes say, well, this Art Rooney the second isn't like you know Dan Rooney or, or the other Rooneys and anything like that. But right. I think this is actually very on brand with how the Steelers have handled it. I think it's very much why they've had three coaches since 1969. I, I don't think that this is if someone's trying to paint this in a very bad way. I think you're you're putting in overtime to do it. I think this is just kind of who the Steelers are and what they do. If things end poorly next year, we will we'll 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 visit that conversation. But I think that everything he he said today, he said on he said this week was very rational, pointed and just and fo- follows the flow of how the Steelers have operated as an organization dating back to when they started winning their six Super Bowls. Yeah, and in the last couple of years his major talking points were being better in the run game, you know, basically being more efficient and playing the kind of style that the Steelers envisioned for themselves. That happened, you know, that that did eventually take hold in 2022. Obviously too little too late. They didn't make the playoffs. They're they're not playing right now here in late January. They didn't have an identity that could carry them that far, but when he was asked, you know, what what's kind of the one thing he wants to see this, you know, next season from an ownership perspective, he said, score more points. Now, that, that is a very uh, lawyerish answer, right? Like, you can't poke too many holes in score more points. Um, I think the questioner and probably a lot of people who l- uh, read or listened to that quote would, would say, all right, the obvious follow up is what do you want to see in order to make that happen? But um, yeah, I mean, I, what, you, what you can't really say if you're Art Rooney II or anybody else in the Steelers' brain trust, is that right now when we look around the league and we look around the conference and we even look around our division, we do need to win on the margins a little bit to some extent, right? Like, we don't have Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. We hope Kenny Pickett will turn into that guy. But right right now we don't have Josh Allen who can roll to his right and, and sling a 60-yard bomb in the air downfield. Like, mm-hmm. not many teams have that. There aren't many humans like that who exist on the planet. So they need to find a different way to um, – can you say skin a cat or is that offensive in 2023? Actually, I don't know. I guess – let's let's not do it before we get canceled on this show. I, 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 what, I, I know. There's um, – yeah, what, what's one of the other sayings that – There's multiple ways to, I don't know, peel a banana – yeah, there's. Are there multiple ways to peel a banana? I don't, know, I, actually, I don't eat bananas. I can't. I'm actually allergic to bananas, which is why I said that because I don't peel bananas. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specrite para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Bananas. Ah... Uh... Are there multiple? That's a, that a real allergy. <laughs> so it's <laughs> is that a common thing. I don't know if it's common. I know that every time I eat one, I throw it up really fast. I I, I got food poisoning 
about a month ago from a banana because I it was I was long story short. Yeah, you told did, me about that. Yeah. Yeah. I did a blind eating thing where like I told them my allergies ahead of time. I was blindfolded. It was supposed to be a cool experience. And I I eat this and I'm like, this is banana. And uh then I was like, Yeah, I'm about to have a lot of problems. And I yeah, that was that was disgusting. Anyways, for a lot of people, that has been the Matt Canada experience <laughs> as the Steelers offensive coordinator. Food. Yeah, thought you were saying that's been the Matt Canada. Yeah, but for Art Rudy the second, obviously he likes a lot of what Canada's brought to the table from a run game scheme perspective, and now you've got the synergy with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Um, and they don't want to stunt his growth, essentially. So, um, you know, that hey, that's it, it's such a tricky balance here because on one hand, they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They want to be patient above all else and not make any rash decisions. I think, you know, they're, they're following that typical traditional path for the organization and for all of those who came before him, his dad and his dad's dad. However, at the same time, You've got guys like Cam Hayward. We've talked about this on the show. You've got guys like Cam Hayward who are aging out. TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick are in their prime. Alex Highsmith, unless they get a deal done, could be his last season here as that bookend with with TJ Watt playing at a Pro Bowl caliber level. So um, it 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 you know time is of the essence. Yes and no. Do you really want to waste another season if things aren't going well with the Matt Canada led? system uh that's that's the biggest issue they had to sit down and review this offseason now we know the decision that they came to and i i guess it remains to be seen do they add somebody to the staff who might be able to help or as jerry dulac wrote in what i thought was a good piece last week for the post gazette do you sort of add that in, in insurance emergency plan type of guy to peer over that Canada bad. <laughs> right. And yeah, I mean, to, to kind of peer over things and if it's October 1st and you're not scoring more points as Art Rooney, the second ones, do you, do you pull the plug then? So a um, lot of different interesting ways that, that it can go here. I, I do think actually, you know, this is a little bit of a tangent and we've touched on it. You touched on it with Joe Starkey on the show Wednesday, but I'll add, my two cents again, now that we've heard from the owner, um, I think it would show a commitment to winning that maybe some people aren't perceiving from the public comments, at least if he gave the go ahead to get a big ish name as a pass game coordinator, senior offensive assistant, whatever you call it. I know it hasn't been the Steelers way to have a huge coaching staff, but maybe the Steelers way needs to be tweaked in some regard, and this might be a special case of we're sticking with stability, but we also need to bring in a fresh set of eyes from the outside to potentially take us to the next level. I think one thing that you said that I wanted to touch back on, too, when you were talking about winning in the margins and trying to – because you're right, there's only so many – quarterbacks that can play like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, those type of guys. But at the same time, you don't need those guys to always win yourself um, a, a Super Bowl or to be a really competitive team. And I think this is a perfect example of the, you know, the, the conference championships that we're about to see this weekend. On one side, you have Patrick Mahomes 
uh, who you know is the A one in my book, and then Joe Burrow, who I think has pushed himself into being the second guy in the NFL tier list when it comes to you know because him bumping off jump out Josh Allen. Um, but you know you look on, across across the NFC, Jalen Hurts I think is a very good quarterback and extremely talented, but he is not he he does not do what those guys do at at quarterback and. You know, I think that he's in a great situation in Philadelphia, and I think he's a heck of a leader. And I actually think he, Kenny Pickett is a lot closer to what he can do, not athletically, but stylistically, than what Mahomes does. And I think that, you know, and Brock Purdy is a rookie quarterback who just kind of is in a, in a really good spot and playing hot and well. But those are teams that aren't relying on Patrick Mahomes to dodge five defenders and then spin around and throw a 50-yard bomb. Well, we'll see what happens in the Super Bowl if, if Mahomes or Burrow – well, obviously Mahomes or Burrow is going to be there because the Steelers aren't in the NFC. The Steelers have to go through those guys every year. Yeah. And, and a question will be, and I think it'll be interesting to match up, whoever wins on either side, we're going to see one of those quarterback, quarterbacks face one of those teams that I think the Steelers are building to be like, hence they got Andy Weidel. They yeah. want to build up stronger in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They want to be able to run the football, make things easy on their quarterback, and then have that balance that, that you can bring an attack with. If the Steelers are able to achieve that, and I think if you look back over the past few over the past few years, you had Matt Stafford winning it with the Rams. Even though Matt Stafford played well that year, he he was not in the A one tier of quarterbacks at this at this stage of his career. I think he was really really good, but it was Aaron Donald and this really strong roster that carried them that to that win. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady was certainly the quarterback in that in that on that team, but. There was a lot of talent that won that game, especially in the defense that limited Patrick Mahomes to nine points. The year before that, you could certainly look to the Chiefs and how they, they won. But you look at the Patriots and their 13-3 win over the Rams in uh, in the, the Super Bowl before that. And then in 2018, the Eagles, they didn't have that, that team. There's been more and more teams of late who haven't needed the super a one quarterback to go the distance. And I, I'm not saying that you don't that don't go get one if you don't see one. But I also think that that your point of winning in the margins, the Steelers see a path there, and I think that they're trying to they're they're trying to build to get to that point. And I think watching what happens over the next couple of weeks with these conference championships and events of the Super Bowl will be an interesting telltale for how a lot of teams are looking at this league next year. Yeah, and they've been, you know, putting down breadcrumbs for us on the outside for a while now that they're pretty much gonna try to zig. Well, while the other top teams are zagging, right? Whether it's Mike Tomlin always casually mentioning quarterback mobility or his comments that you can pay other players when you don't have a quarterback taking up a lot of your salary. So uh, that seems to be the current vision. They are one year into seeing how feasible that is, and they're going to continue down this uh, down the path of, of this experiment and see where it leads them. Absolutely. We'll have a lot of perspective on that based off of how things play out, not just this season, but moving forward. Something to monitor here. He's Brian Batko, everyone. You can check him out at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com, where he covers the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brian, you got anything cool coming up that we need to let people know about? Um, You know, not a Steelers story or even really a current NFL story, but it kind of is. I uh, had a phone call, Q&A with Ben DiNucci, a name, a name from Pittsburgh football past the other day. Uh, that is online right now. He's in in the XFL with the Seattle Sea Dragons. Wow. One of the wide receivers he's throwing to right now in XFL training camp, Josh Gordon. 
So, Get out of here. Yeah, so you know, we'll see what happens with Ben DiNucci's career. He is confident that he can play at the NFL level, hopes to prove that. So if you needed like any excuse at all to be interested in or invest yourself in XFL football when that starts in mid-February after the Super Bowl, maybe check in and monitor the career of Ben DiNucci. I also have my Steelers mailbag online Friday, as always. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Brian, for joining us. We're not done, though. We're, we're, we are going to put to have Matt Ventsel on as he talks about. He's in D.C. for this for the Penguins Capitals game. We'll get his thoughts on that and some recap in a moment here. But first, before we do any of that, we got to talk to you guys about Yinzers and the Berg. So Yinzers, listen up. If you're a Pittsburgh sports fan, there's no better place to get all your Pittsburgh sports apparel at Yinzers and the Berg. They've got two locations in the Strip District that you can visit where you can get Steelers gear, Pirates gear, Penguins gear, Pit gear, anything along those lines. Or you can go online, if you can't get to the Strip District, to yinzerspgh.com. That's yinzerspgh.com. Every week, new merchandise coming in. If you love Pittsburgh sports or someone that you that you love loves Pittsburgh sports, go there, get some merch, get an awesome gift. They have all the, be- the best Pittsburgh sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more for you to buy. So check out Yinzers of the Berg at either their district, their Strip District locations or by going to yinzerspgh.com. That's yinzerspgh.com. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, your host here. We're switching now we went from Brian Batko to our man, Matt Vetzel, who's still in his hotel room in D.C. after the Penguins uh, lost Thursday night. They took him to overtime and even to shootouts, but fell 3-2 there. Matt, you talked about in your piece, you know, about an incomplete effort, and it seems like that continues to be a theme for the Penguins as they've made the push towards the end of the, uh, towards the, end of the first half of the season. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could probably count on one hand the number of times where the Penguins played well for all three periods. Um, you know, it's hard to do, but um, they just don't do it. Uh, recently, it's been the poor starts again. I mean, it's three games in a row where the opponent has scored first. Um, the Capitals were ready to play. They they laid out a couple of Penguins players in the first shift. They scored an early power play goal and they completely dominated the first period. The Penguins are actually fortunate. Um that they're only down one nothing after one. They were able to claw back a couple times. They were able to salvage a point. Um, but again, it, it's just these incomplete performances, whether it's blowing a late lead or not getting out of the gate well. And, you know, Mike Sullivan's been asked about it a couple times now, these starts, and he says, I don't really have an answer for why we weren't ready to go in this game, um, especially when you consider it's such a veteran club. So, you know, at this point in the season, with about 30 games left, you wonder – you know, if they're going to figure some of the things out, if they're going to be able to flip a switch. But, um, yeah, it's just – it's it's not the hallmark of a, a Stanley Cup team, we'll put it that way, the way these guys just kind of have these maddening lapses and slow starts. I think it's interesting that they've been able to get to overtime a lot. But, you know, we see they don't finish, that they've, they've lost a lot of overtime games. Uh, like you said, the cold starts sometimes, and then they're able to battle back. Is there solace to take in the fact that they're able to kind of climb back into some of these contests that maybe if they figure some things out, they'll be able to, you know, come out on top on more of those in the second half? Or is this more so just a sign that you think this will just keep repeating all season long? Yeah, I mean, I I think, I think, yeah, it's definitely a silver lining that players took out of this game. I mean, they they haven't really been anywhere near firing on all cylinders since the all-star break. They've been a little bit better recently, but not that great. But the fact that they've been able to pick up a point in six games in a row, 
I mean, they're clawing for a playoff spot. I mean, they have a little bit of a cushion on the Buffalo Sabres now. They're about even with the Capitals, but they got to take what they can get in terms of the points. So the fact that they're finding a way to, to get these points is something that they they noted. Like, they know they're not playing great, but at least they're, they're you know, getting something in the standings that give them some wiggle room. But, yeah, I mean, they, they recognize – I mean, Sidney Crosby said it after this game, like, look, we know that we need to hit another gear some could argue like two or three more gears but you know he acknowledged like yeah you know with the playoff push here we definitely need to to find our game and find it quickly um they're doing what they need to do to to remain in playoff position but all it takes is another you know five game six game slide and suddenly they could find themselves outside the playoff picture for the first time in 16 years which is crazy to think you know we we all know that at some point the streak has to end but it's always crazy when, like, you're approaching maybe being in that conversation, especially with Crosby, Malkin, Latang, those guys still on the roster. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting was, you know, there were a lot of people in Pittsburgh being like, oh, boy, when they saw that Casey Smith was starting. But he stopped 43 of 45 shots on him that night. I, I felt like that was a he, – he, step, he stepped up and kind of gave them a chance. Is this a really big missed opportunity, or do you look at this as saying, hey, maybe Casey DeSmith can figure some things out to be a better number two goaltender for the Pens? This is one of his better games of the season for sure. Um, it's just hard to it's hard to have much confidence in Casey right now in the big picture. I mean, mm. he has, has only won consecutive starts once this season. This would have been twice. He, he certainly played well enough to win in D.C., but – he just will have a game like this where he plays really well. He faces a lot of shots, gives the team a chance, and then, um, you know, a turnaround the next game, and he's just unable to kind of to build off of it. And that's kind of been the story with him the last couple of years here. Um, it's just his inability to kind of get traction as a player. So, you know, we do know that that Tristan's going to be out through the All-Star break. The team's going to get about 10 days of rest. It's a really long break. So we'll see where that leaves Tristan coming out of the break. But, you know, I, I would suspect the Penguins will go back to Casey here against San Jose, considering how well he played. And we'll see if he can, he can stack another solid performance on top of this one. Give us a look ahead to that, that matchup with San Jose. What are the things you think they need to key in on to be able to pull off a win and head into the all-star break on a better note? I mean, starting strong again, especially against a team like San Jose. I mean, they're not a good team. They're, they're, in the uh i don't know what the the catchphrase is there's no suck for luck or anything like that but you know they're certainly in the Connor bedard sweepstakes so you know they just got to make sure that against a team like that you know coming up on the all-star break that they don't kind of give them life early and allow them to make it a game so i i think it comes back to these starts um you know it's just maddening really how how i mean i don't know they have to lead the league and two on ones allowed in the first 20 seconds of a game it's just it, it's kind of unbelievable that they continue to have these lapses. So that's something they really have been harping on and, and we'll see if they're able to do something about it on Saturday. I thought it was it was good. It was great for them. Granted, you know, in a close fashion that, you know, you wish they could have had more space. And I thought it was great for them to get the win over the Panthers because they're one of the teams that's chasing them for that eighth spot in the playoffs right now. Um, but I, I do agree, like, you know, like teams like the Sharks, I also I thought it was hilarious the the suck for luck. I haven't heard that phrase in so long. Uh, with with being I'm a football I'm an NFL draft guy, man. There's people that want to tank every year, but that was another one of those. It's just wow. But point being, with what they got, what they have to do now, I think the Penguins. If if you look at the if you look at the standings right now and the teams that are chasing them, the Sabers are creeping up on them. Uh, of the three teams that are closest to them, the Sabers, the Panthers, and the Islanders. 
are the Sabres the team that you're looking at as the team that the Penguins need to keep a closer, closest eye on? Or do you see any of the other two teams as teams that could get hot in the second half of the season and really challenge the Penguins if they don't step their game up? Yeah, it's interesting because they're all they're all a little bit different in the, in the composition of those teams. I mean, the Islanders were right there with the Penguins. They're a veteran team. Uh, they've gone on a couple deep runs in recent years, but they've just like totally lost steam. Um, so you wonder about them. Buffalo, I mean, a lot of young players, exciting teams. They'll play run and gun, but, you know, it's Buffalo. With, with them, it's like you, you kind of have to see it first. So I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a young team and if they'll be able to push. I mean, so the, the one I would look at is Florida. Um, mm. They were one of my, you know, they, they were in my uh, preseason Stanley Cup picks to get to the finals. That pick's not looking great right now, but it is a talented <laughs> team. They were one of the league's best teams last year. Um, they got a new coach, a good coach, and Paul Maurice. It just hasn't really come together for them. But they've got tons of talent. Um, they got a couple of capable goaltenders, even though they're not putting up great numbers right now. So I still see them as a team. They're they're a little further back now than Buffalo, um, but I still see them as a team that, you know, we could be talking about them as that team that goes on a run in the final couple of months of the season and surges into the playoffs. It seems like Every other year, there's a team that does that and goes on a surprising run um, deep into the playoffs. So that would be my team to watch out for. So you're right. That, that, that win on Tuesday was a significant one for the Penguins. That's that's why I was looking at it. I'm like, man, like if they get, if they, they need to, a lot of those matchups are going to be crucial to kind of keep them from getting the, them from getting the points and for the, and for the Penguins to kind of keep pace here. We've seen so many so many Penguins teams in the Sidney Crosby era kind of make that second half push and. A lot of their cup teams have done that where they've kind of, you know, been okay up to the middle point after the all-star break, boom, they, they, they get, they get hot. Is there a chance that this team, not saying jump up to like, you know, the top two seeds or anything, but is there, is there a chance that you see this team figuring some things out and being a kind of getting away from the ledge of the A spot and fighting their way to the middle part of the, the Eastern conference, or is there something, and if there, if there is, What's the biggest thing that you're looking at that is actually addressable for this for this roster? Yeah, I mean, I, I can see them going on a run to, to create a little bit of separation. Um, you know, they, they've they've got some tough games coming up at the very end of the schedule. They they play a bunch of these teams that are also trying to win the lottery. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of getting it done, it, it's just they, it comes back to more consistent efforts. I know it's like easy to say, but it's just true. And just getting contributions from guys in the supporting cast. I mean, we have seen in the last couple of games the fourth line with Dan Heinen have chipped in some goals. Penguins desperately needed some goals from their defense or their bottom six. So to get that, that's huge. Latang had a couple of goals as well. So you know, I just think it's going to take more than just the top six or seven players kind of lugging them to the playoffs. Um, and we're going to need to see some of these guys step up. And we're going to need to see Tristan Jari come back and stay healthy. I think that's going to be huge as well. I mean, you look at the win-loss record for Casey versus Tristan, and it, it really is night and day. So um, that'll be another big key as well, is getting Tristan back and keeping him healthy for the stretch run. We'll see if that plays a big factor in it. Matt, safe travels to you getting back to the Berg. Uh, we, 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 will, we will see you again very soon, and we'll don't worry, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, we will be there. Will you be there um, uh, against the Sharks, or will, uh, will that be our friend Andrew? Oh, I'll, I'll be there. I will be there. 
Well, we look look forward to your coverage in postgame in the Penguins' final game before the All-Star break against the San Jose Shark. Get all of that at post-gazette.com, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thank you, Matt, and thank you, dear listeners and viewers, for joining us here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Find this show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. Subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Like this video if you enjoyed it, and you'll get all of our daily content from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, as well as the show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back Monday recapping everything from the Conference Championship and the Penguins action right here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.